Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey y'all, my name is Shan. Welcome to Cozy Womb Podcast. This is a series for Black fathers because Black fathers matter. Black fathers matter to me. Black fathers matter to my children. Black fathers matter when it comes to my brothers um my mentors my friends they matter because they set the tone for who our children look up to they set the tone for how men women children and other elderly people feel protected feel like you know everything they've struggled for was for a good cause because they've seen who they've been cut become and I want to um I don't know I just want to shine a light on them and hear from them in a perspective that sometimes goes unheard because no one cares to ask sometimes people look at fathers as if oh that's nothing they're supposed to do that why would we, you know, thank you for doing something you're automatically supposed to do? You shouldn't look for any, you know, praise or any uh, thank yous for that. That's the standard. That's the basics. You know, do what you're supposed to do. But when you have a father that's there, that's consistent, that's uh, available, that's attentive, that's caring, that's thoughtful versus an absent father versus a father that thinks his life and his now is more important than the child's future. Um, There's a difference. There's a clear difference. And I just want to show appreciation. So uh, this series, I've interviewed 
many, many fathers from different places, different backgrounds, and I really just want to pick their brains with different questions. So um, thank you for listening to Cozy Boom Podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, hey, it's Anya Dula, and I am the host of Intercultured with Anya Dula. Intercultured with Anya Dula is a podcast that focuses on motherhood, culture, birth work, and travel. And it's just a place for women to come together to discuss our philosophies on motherhood, to discuss our work and birth work, if that's what we do, but mainly to bring women of all different cultures together so that we can talk about how we mother, how we hashtag do motherhood so that we can learn from one another and learn to love each other. That's really what it's all about. I hope you'll join us. Intercultured with Anya Dula podcast is available on all the major podcast stations. I hope you'll join us. Can't wait to connect. Back to the show. Back to the show. Frank, the dad. Man, um, Frank is a old Gap fam from my college days. And he was always about, like, his work, um doing his time getting out minding his business onto his thing so now to see him go through his his 20s and his early 30s and now he's a father of not one but two girls it's a very um just a thing to be admired to see him evolve in the right way evolve where it counts and uh he's very humble, very relaxed. Uh you would think that he's been a dad for like ten plus years, the way he like has both of the girls in the car, um, taking them to go do stuff and just have them in the house and he's just like in the house with them and for him and their mom to develop such a schedule that matters, it's it's very like yes. Another couple, another family that's doing it the right way, and they black. And I love to see it. And, um, you know, I just listened to him explain his upbringing and, you know, what he wants his girls to have out of the value of who their father is and him just trying every day and being better every day. I congratulated 110%. And um, here's Frank's story. And I feel like if people actually knew that outside of the statistics that there are great fathers out here who are Black, who are involved, who are doing things, who have things that they want to do, on top of all the stigmas that come around that, and this is their experience through fatherhood. And all of y'all so far that I've talked to 
your upbringing of it has been different. But what it does is it makes me understand you guys a bit better about why y'all move a certain way that y'all move off of how you know you were raised. Um, and I just feel like if people knew about it more, then they'll have a more appreciation when it came to like how black men are handled or how black men are looked at. So um, that's why I'm doing this. Understood, understood. And um, I think everybody has a different, um, what's the word? Everybody has different reasons for being a good father. I think everybody, whether it's a product of your childhood, or an adverse effect from your childhood. You know what I'm saying? Either way, it was a product of your childhood. It might be because they had, you know, a great father. It could be because they had a shitty father. You know? Yeah. But it's a choice. But I had a great that's what, a I, that's what I'm saying because I've always looked at, like, you visiting your family or you being around family and y'all all like this. Y'all all on, like, one accord with stuff. And yeah. I'm like, like, that has to have a big effect on why he fathers like he does. It's an interesting dynamic. Like, honestly, my dad has 10 kids with eight women. Me and my younger brother are the only, are the youngest. You know what I'm saying? He got two of my mom. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I can say is that he, um, Although he was a better father to others than, he was better better father than, to some than others, you know what I mean? But in all, he was a father to all of us. And I got the best of him because he married my mom, me and my little brother the youngest, so we probably got the best of him. But what he did is that he kept us all close. He wasn't, he didn't allow us to, there's no such thing as like a half brother and a half sister. That was, you know what I'm saying? He would always say like, how, how is somebody half your brother? How is somebody half your sister? No, you have a brother and you have a sister. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not. But that nigga really kept us all together. Like, he made sure that we stayed together. And that's like, honestly, all of my, all the males in my family that have kids are, you know, even the street niggas, like my two oldest brothers, which are real street niggas, but they definitely are fathers. Thank you. Um, so nobody felt like, oh, he spent more time with them or, oh, like, that's his favorite. Everybody felt like on an equal accord as far as like. For the most part, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure at times, you know what I'm saying? There was some stresses to the relationship because of that. Uh, but also it's, it's a weird, it's kind of like a weird dynamic. My father, like, a, I'm not saying he's a pimp or a player, but like, he was in the music business mm-hmm. and from South Side of Chicago. That's a, that's an anomaly. On that the Midwest. There we go. <laughs> you know what I'm like that's an, that's an anomaly. You're not just yeah. finding people in business. And, well, maybe now. You know what I'm saying? It's different. Everybody does it. But you know, growing up, that was an anomaly. So he was in the music business for 40 years. So he traveled. He um he had really good etiquette in women. Women yeah. choosing. I can say uh, everybody's pretty much a solid person. And I don't know. He was just good to everybody, I guess. You know what I mean? And he, I hate to even say it, but like, he kind of allowed all these women a taste of a, of a different life. 
and they all have this big respect for him for, because of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I grew up with my brothers and sisters' mothers and shit, like my other mamas, like real talk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's all because they all really just love my dad. It's some weird shit. Like I don't even know how to explain it. They all just. It's like almost like kiss the kiss the pinky ring, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he's also a smooth talker, charming guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah. Hmm. Some big shit to fulfill, you know what I'm saying? All right. Um could we get your age currently and your father father mode? No, thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. How do you feel? I feel better than I did at 28. That's good. Mentally, physically, spiritually, everything. That's you good. And you were born where? Yeah. Chicago, Illinois. And you were raised in Chicago primarily? Raised in Chicago. Um, I do have a, a connection with Detroit. My mother's from Detroit. Mm-hmm. So like I said, my dad was in the music business. And in the 70s, Detroit was a heavy hit in the music business. So he lived in Detroit during the 70s. But, but I spent all my life going back and forth from Detroit to Chicago. You know what I mean? I spent every summer in Detroit. And then whenever my mom would be mad at my daddy, we'd going to Detroit, you know, shit like that. But, yeah. So your parents still live there now? Pretty much. I mean, I'm from Chicago. My parents moved here when I had kids. They live down here now. Oh, really? That's good. That's, um... That's usually a hard thing to move parents who are um, comfortable mm-hmm. in their up north, you know, life. It, it, it was, but it was kind of like, you know, my parents in Chicago, like, they, they have a house. They have a house that was built in the 1880s. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I don't know how old that made the shit be. That shit was 130, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, they, they definitely kept up with it. But then shit started happening. It'd be cold as fuck. Gas bill every month six hundred dollars during the winter. Got a fucking pipe that busted under the damn driveway. Got to dig the driveway up. And yeah. it's just my mom. You know what I'm saying? At the time, and my little brother, but he be in and out. You know what I'm saying? And it was just overwhelming. And at the time, Atlanta was kind of still bubbling. It wasn't outrageously priced like it is now. So this was like you know. I'm gonna say like 2014 before the shit just took off. So I was like, yo, man, y'all can just sell a house and just come down here and just have like a way better life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I had the kids and, you know, it just, it just worked out, you know? That's good. It really worked out. That is what you call a blessing to have grandparents in like arm's reach when you got kids. <laughs> Um, my mom, she lived with me for three years, so I know, I know what that feels like. And then when they not, when they not around, it's kind of like, dang, I gotta do all of this by myself and just do videos on FaceTime. But yeah, it's cool though. Um, what is it, what is life like going from zero kids to twin girls for you? Um, it's a 100% 360. You know what I mean? That's all I can say. I don't know. You probably ain't seen me in the last, in the latter few years, but life got really fast for me for a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, got a little wild. 
and then right when things were just crazy at its peak, just just all over the place, mm-hmm. like basically at this boom, here comes some twins. Wow! So, so I ended so, up like. So when you found out you you were having a kid, you were like you were preparing your mind for one. Or did yeah. You- one. Okay, so when it became two, how did y'all feel initially? Well, uh, my girl, she was kind of like, I don't know, taken back, like, oh my god, like, like shot, like, unbelievable. But here's the thing, though, the whole time before she was pregnant, when she first got pregnant, she kept saying, "Oh, these are boy and girl twins in here. These are boy and girl twins." And then right around like the second, third month, they ended up being twins. They ended up being identical. Twins. You know what I mean? Um, do twins run in your family on either side? My dad is a twin. Wow. He has a twin sister, though. So. Oh, wow. But when this shit happened, I was just like, that sounds about right. You know what I mean? I'm like, because I feel like every step I've taken in life has never been, as much as I try to take the normal route and do things, it's always never like that. <laughs> yeah. So when he's like, it's twins, I'm like, yeah, that's about right. That sounds, I mean, not to say it's bad luck or anything, or what, you know, like I say, nothing is ever like straight up. Everything is always, it's got a, it's got a curve to it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that sounds about right. Anything I do always ends up, you know, being a little different. Mm. So. Uh, how has the idea, <laughs> how has the idea of what it is to be a good dad changed since? You have the twins, and they're growing up to now. From before I had kids to now. Yeah, so like you went into like, okay, you know, we're pregnant. You know, I'm getting ready for this birth. The girls are here, and then you have like this idea in your head of what it is to be a good dad. How has that idea changed up till now? After you get to know each personality of the girls and and what that takes. It takes a lot more patience than I anticipated, um, especially dealing with girls. It's a little different, you know what I mean? Um, you don't want to break their spirit. And another thing, I, um, I don't like to be overly aggressive, aggressive with them because they're girls. And I'm noticing that, I'm not saying, I, I discipline them very well, but, I try not to like raise my voice too loud, not to be too just aggressive with them. I never realized going into this that I would even think like that. Like, you know what I mean? So you had this picture, I'm gonna be a great dad, I'm gonna take them for walks and all this stuff. But then when they come, it's like, I'm realizing I'm holding them like a raw egg. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize that you know, I'll have that intimate of a connection or a feeling or feeling of responsibility for them. Like, mm-hmm. that's what it is. You know what I'm like, um, with your siblings, did you get, like, any, like, baby practice before your kids came? Like, with your nieces or nephews? No. Okay, well, I had a summer, summer of 1998. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was 17. 
my sister, I, I babysat my nephew at the time, who was like two and a half going on three. And, but I also had my niece who was probably 10 or 11 at the time. So she changed all the diapers. But what I can say is that I never changed a diaper until my kids. That was the first diaper that I ever changed. How was that for you? <laughs> um, yeah, I used to it after a while. You know, we had a couple blow-ups, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I was ready to embrace the challenge at the time. Like, I had kids when I was um, 34, 33, or something like that. 34, I can't, yeah, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. 34 by 35, something yeah. like that. I don't fucking know. So, um, did your girls give you a, a bigger appreciation for women, or is that something you've always had already? I've always had a good appreciation for women. Um, yeah, I. I'm an analyst. I analyze everything. You know what I'm saying. So I always think about how people think. You know what I'm saying. I always I understand like a lot of times women are a product of the men in their life, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to make sure that I'd be outstanding and upstanding. You know what I mean to give them a um, just a good example. I, what was the question? I don't even remember where I'm going off to what I'm trying to say. What was the initial question? I was saying, like, um, has the girl, having the girls give you a, a bigger understanding or appreciation? Oh, yeah. Appreciation. All right, right, right. So I was going, I was going the right track. I think that we started about. But, um, yeah, it does. And I try my, like I say, yeah, it makes me realize how, I'll take this the wrong way, but like, most women or a lot of women are broken and they're broken due to relationships they had with males. Yeah. You know what I mean? They weren't positive. You know what I mean? I don't know, but I just me knowing that it's like I want to be the most outstanding guy to be to give them a, a, a great example. Therefore down the road in life they can like choose to align themselves with good people with good males you know what I'm saying I do realize like a, a woman's confidence self esteem relies so much on males it's tripped out you know what I mean like how my kids look for acceptance in what they do for me you know what I'm saying like not like you no know, boyfriend type of thing but you know they they look to me like is this okay am I doing you know what I mean like yeah um are their personalities like really different or just a little different from each other? They're really different, but they can beat each other though. Wow. <laughs> yeah, at any given point, one can be the other. They can they do, do that, but they're two. One is one is uh, never met a stranger, and the other one mean as hell. You know what I'm saying? Oh wow! So <laughs> one's the daredevil. One scary cat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a whole different people. But they can be each other. It's funny. <laughs> what is the purpose as a father to your daughters? What is your purpose? Um, that ties back to just being that great example. As well as being a provider. You know what I'm saying? 
But being a provider is being that is being the example. You know what I mean? I want them to know they got their dad and that I'm gonna set shit up for them and I'm gonna point them in the right direction. Just kind of like follow them. You know what I mean? But I want to give them enough confidence to also be their own person as well. You know, it's kind of a twisted thing, but just be solid, man. Yeah, that balance is is key. Um, I always get to see you with your family for like holidays or if y'all just like go do things together. Um, what was the dynamic between you and your father like growing up? Okay, that goes back. So let's say my dad had um, a bunch of kids, but I can't say so. I can't say that my dad was like the best, like play basketball with you or go to the park and all that. He wasn't that, but he was. What he did allow me was he took me with him everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like we weren't necessarily doing kid stuff, but he allowed me to be with him all the time. You know what I mean? Well, when he could. Like I said, he was in the music business, so we always doing some interesting things. I was in bars and nightclubs and just all type of yeah. stuff. Yeah, but but with that being said, that kind of made me want to be a little bit more hands-on with my kids. The judo thing that he didn't really do. I say he was a bad dad at all, but yeah. like he wasn't a dad that was about to go in the yard and build you a treehouse. That was not him. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so I try to like do those things. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um being a black father, fill in this blank for me. Being a black father, I make a choice every day to be better at what? Being a black father, I make a choice every day. I guess make decisions that won't adversely affect my children. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's I gotta make it home every night. You know what I mean? So even though sometimes we take risks in life, we try to minimize the risk, I guess. That's you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everything I can to be here for them. Stay alive, stay healthy. Shit. Yeah. Uh speaking of your health, um, I've noticed a change. Uh, what made that change take place in you like um working out and being more intentional and juicing and all of that. Like, when did that start? Uh, it started uh, before the kids, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that kind of just graduated and slowly, slowly got to where it is now. I got a trainer and started working out, but now I um I I don't want to be a, a, a sickly person. I want to be active. You know what I'm saying? I don't want no 25 year old to show me up. I gotta be here for these girls. And another thing is that I don't have a nine to five. I don't have a shop. You know what I'm saying? So, but I do do a lot of things. And getting up, juicing, working out gives yourself a routine. You know what I'm saying? And you can't do multiple things if you don't have a routine. You know what I mean? So I also feel like consistency and having a routine. I think the most successful people have routines. You know what I'm saying? They wake up. They'll do this, they can do that, you know what I mean? And then after a while, like, the shit just became what it is. And now it's like, it's my peace. Like, it allows me to clear my head, you know what I mean? It makes me feel 
good about myself. You know what I mean? I wake up early as fuck, go juice and go work out, and then handle my businesses. You know what I mean? I don't know. This is part of life. That's what, ain't that what you do when you get older? You know what I'm saying? It is. You start, you know, eating and drinking the nasty stuff that you thought you would never touch growing up, and then certain things start to taste good to you, and you're just like, I don't know why I eat this, but I eat this. Um, I, I kind of do, you know, I kind of do it for the same reasons you do. But both of my parents were always sickly. Like my mom takes 13 pills a day since she was nine years old, and uh, doctors told her mom who had 13 kids that my mom wasn't gonna make it past one years old. And she, she'll be 60, she'll be 67 in August and she had five of us. And then, yes. my, listen. <laughs> and then um, my dad, he, uh, he died of like a neuro, a neuro um, issue where his nerves just stopped working in his body. And he basically, oh, wow. he, he basically just became like, uh, uh, just prisoner in his body where he couldn't button his shirt, he couldn't put on his shoes, and he just slowly deteriorated. But oh, he, he was like super independent. Like this man owned property, businesses, uh, his house, did everything by himself, and it just got down to the point where he had to have his bed on the same level as the kitchen. He had to use the shower downstairs. He couldn't go up and downstairs in his house. And my thing is like, man, I think especially when it comes to black people and then you have like a Caribbean uh, culture where we eat all this good food that's like very seasoned and meat and rice turns into sugar that I didn't find out until you know I got older and then you think about all the meals that come with rice that's like every meal except breakfast in the Jamaican household so yeah so now it's kind of like I make it a point to bake a sweet potato I make it a point to uh, use kale and uh, juice and celery and um, just try to find another option outside of the regular stuff and um, hey man we gotta eat to live not live to eat yeah like yeah. as I quote Honorable Elijah Muhammad <laughs> it's crazy um, but you know it's a habit and some habits you just gotta kill yeah but I'm trying to create good habits like with my kids and like you know they eat like avocados and fruit I mean I do a lot of them have like candy too or whatever but we had a good balance I don't, I don't, I don't overindulge in bullshit but yeah. like we don't too much I don't don't shit come out of a box you know what I'm saying yeah yeah, and then if it does, is that high, that high price organic cereal from like, um, what's that? Yeah, the there's a couple exceptions to the rule, but you know what I'm saying? Ain't no frozen shit around here like that. Like, we, yeah, uh, yeah, know, we don't do that. And I, I don't mean, do like, um, fast food. Yeah. I mean, I sneak, I mean, I do sneak in, I don't, but you know, I don't eat beef or pork or anything like that anyway. Yeah. But I do sneak and get like, I sneak. We eat Chick Fil A around here, though. I ain't even mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We eat Chick Fil A over there. But even that, my brothers will like go get them Chick Fil A, but that be like once in a blue moon. But whenever I take them to my friend's house and they'll keep them, you got Tupperware of food that I cook. 
and I'll just give him that. But you know, one of them I'm struggling with her eating vegetables. This girl is anti-vegetable. I'm just like, man, you are your daughter's kid. She uh, Yeah, like, like I've never seen him eat vegetables on purpose. He's not a fruit person. And then Anya, which is the oldest one, she eats anything and everything and she's willing to try it. So like if I do a smoothie, she'll drink it. Arya's yeah, not with it. Smoothies, yo. Yeah. I mean, we have smoothies over here regularly. You know That's what I'm saying? Good. And they That's eat good. like they, they snack. And another thing like we don't eat too we got we don't we don't eat too much bread. You know what I'm saying? We do there's bread in the house, but it ain't like a, a thing that's in our diet. Mm-hmm. But we eat a lot of lamb. I just started eating lamb in like the last couple of years. That was something Listen. I never, yeah, I never had any, I never ate that before in my life. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I never ate red meat anyway. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. But I, I guess lamb is red meat. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but yeah, it is. But it's cooked in a non-fatty way. Um, yeah, the best restaurant that cooks lamb to me in Atlanta is Agave. I don't know if you've been there before. Oh, over on um, um, Boulevard. Yes. When I yeah, tell you their lamb, it's so good. I don't want to take it up a notch though, but Capital Grill. I don't know if fucking Capital Grill in Buckhead. They got good lamb. Um, Siva in Midtown. But I ain't know Agave had lamb. I don't live too far from there. You know, I live in Eastlake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, shit. I live right off of Memorial. That shit on Memorial. Well, I, I probably live like two miles from there. Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. go there one night. Their, their food is really good. I've been there on some birthday party, kicking this shit a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I've had food. But honestly, I can say the last time I've been there, I wasn't even eating lamb. So I wasn't even something I would have checked for in the menu. Yeah. I probably been there about like five years. Oh, yeah. My next question for you is, when do you feel the most love as a father from your family? My children or like my parents and stuff like that? Everybody. I feel it, I feel it. When do I feel it? I feel it all the time. Like, I ain't no, like, I'll never not feel it. Mm-hmm. But I'm always, so my, my situation in my crib is a little different. Like, you know, my girl, she owns a salon, she travels, she's a, what do you call that? A, um, renaissance woman, I guess you say. Mm-hmm. So um, I've kind of had to, you know, spend, I've, well, I won't say a bad thing, but I've had the opportunity to spend more time with them than maybe she has, you know what I'm saying? So I'm a little more hands on. I say she's not hands on or anything like that, but like, like I said, I don't have a nine to five. So yeah. I do have the opportunity to, I don't have a nine to five and she works more than a nine to five. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I've had the opportunity to just spend more time with them. And since she's gone, I try to compensate and do more. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, like her working and stuff, I'm not saying I would be a bad father, but like it makes me want to be even better. You know what I'm saying? Not to say they're missing anything from their mom, but you know, just be a little more hands on. Like I, I wish, I, I wish I, more dads could do that or have the opportunity to do that yeah. and not have a job consume most of their time because I feel like it gives you a deeper appreciation for who your kids are because you're with them a lot more and you get to see what they're doing a lot more. Um, so that 
to me, I feel like it's a blessing that you get to spend that time with them. Yo, I thank God so much for life. That's like the, the, the one thing I am the most thankful of is the, the fact that I can raise my children. Like, I, I mean, it would cost me COVID now, so I'm not going to school, but typically, like, I wake up, I cook breakfast, I eat breakfast here. You know what I'm saying? I get them dressed. I take them to school, you know what I mean? Although we do have a nanny and a nanny picks them picks them up after school, like at four o'clock, nanny picks them up at four and stays from like four to eight. But it's not like I'm, you know, I run around having my business, but it's not like I'm coming in past six o'clock. So I'm, I'm back at the crib by six. So I'm here with the nanny for an hour or two. And then, you know, my girl, she comes in around eight, around the time the nanny leaves. Um, but like that's like the biggest blessing that I have. Like you know, I thank God so much for that. Like that I actually have the opportunity to do some shit to do that. Like that's amazing. Like nobody does that. Like yeah. If I, if I had a nine to five, I couldn't do this shit. And like God really blessed me to be able to support my family, support myself, and mm-hmm. not have to punch the clock. Like that's like that is that's the craziest thing ever. I'm so yeah. thankful for that. It's crazy for me to see you because I'm just like, man, this man was always at work. He probably at work, but he listening to music. He in his own zone, but he at work and he working. And then if he not working, I know he doing something for himself. And then he going to be right back at it. So it was never a time where I've known you not to be busy doing something. So now the bulk of your time you pour into your girls and it kind of cancels out your parent worry of like oh my god like what is I haven't really worked for like 10 years though. remember I was in DC for a minute when I was working in DC you remember that shit mm-hmm. I was in DC working and I was working 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 like I was getting money though but I was working like 70 hour weeks you know what I'm saying I'm living in a whole another city that I ain't even from with all. I appreciate DC I love that shit but doing that shit, even though I was getting dope, in my mind, I'm thinking like, man, the first opportunity I get to, to switch it up, I'm going 100 miles an hour at it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's what happened. And like the biggest blessing that ever happened to me was, was like, well, besides my children, was the recession away when everybody got fired. I got laid off my job. That was the best thing that could have happened to me, dude. Mm-hmm. And laid off my job, forced me to get on my hustles. I went back to school, all that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know what, man? I ain't getting a real job. I'm gonna figure this shit out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't going. When you got a job and then you have kids, it really shows you, like, what are you doing this for? Is it worth it? And what could have you been? What could have you been doing with this time with them instead of being here with these people? Is that? Yeah. So, um, I, the cool shit is, I had kids. Like I had kids when I was already established, so that was kind of, you know, actually, kids made me established. I was getting money, and then I had kids. The kids made me become established. Before I just had some money, you know what I'm saying? I was not getting money. Now established. It's a difference. It's a different comfort zone for you. Yeah, I guess you know what I'm saying. Things are a lot slower. You make you know a lot more wiser decisions. You know mm-hmm. what I'm Take the safer route a lot of times. You know? Yeah. Um. 
finish this for me. As a black father, I face this challenge more than I'd like to face in life. What is that challenge? Hmm. As a black father, um, I don't know. What's the challenge I face the most as a black father? be honest man I'm blessed man I kind of like defied the odds you know what I'm saying like I do have challenges but they're not maybe I just embrace fatherhood so much and I got so much time to do it that I don't really have much challenges you know what I mean or like the fact that you have the freedom to live up in a place where you feel the comfort of being able to get up and go being able to get up and go running when you know that killing happened with a black man running did, did that cross your mind like damn like what if I'm out here minding my business and yeah, yeah. um trying not to get stereotyped and categorized yeah. that's just being a black man that's not necessarily being a black father you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying but like I say, I, I, I try to make decisions that will prevent me from being in situations like that. Like I live in a, a mixed neighborhood, you know what I mean? They used to seeing black people over here. Mm-hmm. I try to, what's the word like? To, I'm not trying to be a racist, there's two different type of white people. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It is, I live by city white people. Everybody in my neighborhood, they pretty much they established, they get money, but they all kind of got like a hippie mentality in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I live in East Lake. You know, East Lake is, you know, basically a cluster of these neighborhoods of East Lake, Grant Park, East Atlanta, Kirkwood, uh, 4-4, like mm-hmm. all those type of white people are kind of the same. And they're pretty cool. And they, have, they haven't really given me, you know what I'm saying? They're in a gentrified neighborhood. This neighborhood used to be all black so they in our neighborhood and I don't know I don't really feel too many I don't feel too many stresses of being a black man where I live at you know what I'm saying I just I just honestly don't for me like um I know a lot of black people live in like let's say College Park and College Park can get real country real quick yeah. You get real rural and then you get like, you know, established College Park where, you know, you have all the mainstream stories. And it's kind of like remembering for me being in college, I would run early in the morning while it's dark around Welcome All by myself. Yeah, now that is a little different. Listen, you know I'm just like, I, I would yeah. never feel comfortable to do that now. That is different. I see. I live, that's the thing. Like I'm a city person. Like I like living in walkable neighborhoods. Like I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. That ain't nothing wrong with it. We almost moved to downtown College Park. Honestly, we almost bought a house over there before we bought this house. Mm-hmm. But that whole being away from the city, like yeah, man, I ain't. I try to stay away from that. Yeah. I live in the city of Atlanta, but I live in DeKalb County, the county with the with the. DeKalb County got more rich black people than any place in any other county in the, in the world. Mm. You know what I mean? It's DeKalb County. So 
that's Atlanta. We live in Chocolate City. It's like that's why people move to Atlanta to, to get away from those things. You know what I'm saying? Don't let you be black. You're allowed to authentically be black in Atlanta. Yeah. I like that. But if you move 15 minutes outside this motherfucker, it's a different story. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um what's something you struggle with understanding before you had kids, but now you understand clearly? do understand clearly that children are to be nurtured and not you know just let to go by themselves I don't know but I know I understand a lot more if this is this job is is, is more than what I intended to be yeah. but like yeah I don't at least with raising girls like it's like raising a flower, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. They take this, they take um a lot from you and they require a lot of nurturing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I, I didn't have a boy, I got two girls, so it's it's different. Like it just makes you really soft, really slow. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like think what you, you're saying stuff to them you really think out what you're saying to them mm-hmm. you know it's different like, like I said I don't want them to, I don't want them to get comfortable with, with, with me being aggressive with them you know what I'm saying I don't want them to think that a male can be aggressive with you is uh, running so for you is running for you a way that you decompress from everything Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. I think that's the, um, it loosens, it, it loosens me up. It, 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 I don't know, it allows you to think, it clears your head. But working out in general, like, you know, I run, then I go work out, you know what I mean? Or sometimes I run after I work out, like, so, but that whole, that whole thing, it, it works in the same, but it's what keeps me sane, you know what I'm saying? It gives me patience. But I don't get mad at shit. Like, for real, I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've learned to not really make a big, big deal out of it. And it's not, oh, you cocky. You just assume that things are going to fix itself. But you just learn, like, what to get upset about. And, yeah. you know, if you prepare for something and you did your best, then you just got to let it ride. And then it'll just work itself out what's normally gonna happen because you can't add more hours to the day and you can't add an extra day to fix something so you just man that's that's how I feel like honestly like what's gonna happen is gonna happen and I don't try to stress with something God has always made a way you know what I mean and as long as you keep putting one foot in front of the other every day you're gonna have positive results you know what I'm saying? You start sidestepping when she get fucked up. Explain your idea of the perfect Father's Day. The perfect Father's Day. Really? On Father's Day? Honestly, like Father's Day and birthday, I just want to be with my kids. Like, I just want to enjoy them. The perfect Father's Day, well, they're not old enough now. 
but when they get older, I would like to see, I would like them to show me how they appreciate me or how they think of me. A perfect father, they would be the reflection of how I raise them and how they treat me, just to see what they would, you know what I'm saying? Because I ain't really a materialistic person, but just to see what you would, I don't know. If it's something I really like and I'm really into, I would love for my kids to cater into that to me. I think uh, we all assume what fathers want for Father's Day, and I think a lot of us get it wrong. <laughs> a lot of us get it wrong. Um, I think Father's Day and Mother's Day are two different things. Like I don't even know what... Of course, I don't want no tie. You know what I'm saying? I don't want no tie, you know what I mean? But, you know, if my, if my kids are wise enough to look into my interests and do something like, you know, I like working out. You know what I'm saying? I like having, I like being you know, exercising. Um, I like being outside. If they bought me a bike or something like that. You yeah. Know what I mean? Shit like that. Like, that's cool to me. Like, I ain't looking for no Gucci belt. Kind of like that. Got a couple of Gucci belts, but, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't... Well, speaking of that, like, having kids, has that changed, like, your want or what is an actual want for you anymore like before it was like just you so like if you worked and you wanted to buy it you buy it is has that like had any effect on i sold my shoe collection i don't know if you knew Shit. No. like <laughs> i you know i was i had shoes from back then when we were there like i've been yeah. you know we i live with joe and joe worked at nike and you know we had to connect like yeah man but you know, when every time, especially for like maybe like the last five years before I had kids, like every time a shoe came out, I bought one to wear, one to put up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I bought every single Jordan that came out. Like in, in a year's time, I at least bought 30 pair of Jordans. You know what I'm saying? Every year. Um, that changed. Mm-hmm. I don't even care anymore. Like I kept like some of my OG Jordans, like classics that I know that never come back. You know what I'm saying? But I had like 70 pair. I'm down to like maybe 10. And I occasionally buy a pair, you know, like I'll I'll buy a pair every now and then. Yeah, I probably kept 10. So I probably maybe got like 13, 14 now, but like I had like 70, 80 pairs of doors. You know what I'm saying? That that specifically changed for me after having kids. I'm just like, I don't need all these clothes. I don't need these jackets. I don't need none of this because Shit, for me, it's like you wear your t-shirt, you wear jeans, and you pick a shoe, and you go. And then when it was with kids, it's like, I want to be in workout clothes. And if I'm not with the kids, then I'm working out, and I'm in workout clothes. So I have a closet full of clothes that I don't wear anywhere. It it doesn't make any sense. So the cool thing about me is that I got all my exercise shit None of my clothes fit, as well as styles change. So, like, I was a little more stockier, and we wore clothes bigger. So, if I don't, basically, I, I can't wear anything from prior to four years ago. Like, I, I have no, I can't do nothing with it. One, it's too big, and it's way too big. Like, I can't, so... Everything I have as far as clothes, for the most part, with the exception of like some jackets or some shit like that, is less than four years old. 
because I can't do nothing with it. I mean, so, but with that being said, I haven't replaced all that shit. You know what I'm saying? I just buy what I need. You know what I mean? If I'm going somewhere, I'll get an outfit, but I'm just not buying outfits just to be buying outfits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless it's workout clothes. That's it. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of my clothes are the workout clothes. Or like clothes I'm wearing if they want to paint that I don't care if they get paint on me. Um, finish this for me. I feel most appreciated as a black father when blank. When people acknowledge that you're a good black father, you know what I'm saying? Because I work hard to be a good dad. Mm-hmm. When people say that, but also at the same time, I kind I kind of be feeling some type of way like people want to congratulate you when you're in the grocery store and you have your kids. I appreciate it, don't get me wrong. But it's like, my nigga, I had, I had I'm, I, my kids were at home. Yeah. We're home we had to go get some food. Yeah. So all I did was take the kids out the house. Yeah. In the car and went to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like, you know, I, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I definitely appreciate it. It makes me feel good. But also you like, well, what the fuck is really going on in the world where you really feel like congratulating me because I want to go get a motherfucking pack of lunch meat and, and some goddamn avocados with my right. kids? Like, and that's, it's like, you appreciate it, but you're mad that it's a thing because society bashes black men more for not being good fathers and not doing what they need to do. That when you see one doing it, it's kind of like you want them to know that Damn, you you're helping me today kill that statistic. You're helping me today and other people that see you just being in here doing your fatherly thing that you know a father does exist that does this and his skin happens to be brown. You know what I'm saying? It sounds stupid. It's kind of like if if if, if somebody was like white fathers matter. Right. Okay. Then, so, so I honestly think that um, that statistic that black fathers are not involved with children or not, I, I think on some real shit, I think statistically it, it's more white fathers that are not involved with their children than blacks. If you actually do the actual numbers, I wouldn't doubt it. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it, not to say that um all black fathers are in the household. I think there might be a lot of like a lot of more maybe white fathers in the households, but like some people don't be necessarily with their kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not necessarily, you know. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm sold on that. I ain't sure. I ain't sure, man. I I, I know I know daddies out here. You know what I'm saying? Like my, my partner, he over here right now with his, <clears throat> with his daughter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like him and his girl ain't together, but he got his daughter. Like, you know, all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? They over there chilling right now. You know what I'm saying? His girl's upset with my, my girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and, like, and, and, I don't know if they don't take care of their kids. Like, I don't even know. All, all I have is good people to compare myself to. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah. I've always wondered about how. A father that's really involved with his kid 
is friends with a man that he know got hella kids and he'll never see him with him. And I'm just like, well, how deep is that friendship or how far does that dynamic go? Because if he don't have his kids' best interest, how much of a a friend is that your boy for you? Um, Honestly, like, you know, my circle's small. I might know a lot of people, but you know what I'm saying? I ain't too many people I really fuck with. Mm -hmm. And if I fuck with you, you're a solid person. You know what I'm saying? So solid people take care of their shit. Yeah. That's what makes you solid. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if I could really... um, friends with a person like that. But I am really good friends with a guy who um he's not so much in his kid's life mm-hmm. like that, but he is financially. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why he's not in his son's life like that, when I mean, he communicates with his son and all that, but mm-hmm. even his ex-girl, like, you know, that that situation I guess left her heartbroken and she has a lot of spite towards him. She feels like, you know, they had kids when they were young, like 19, 20. Like, he was 20, she was maybe 19. And she kind of feels like life had to stop for her to be a mom. And and he got to continue on to further his career and figure, you know, and do what he wants to do. Yeah. And so she has a spike towards him. And, like, even, like, on the custody thing, like, you know, he was only allowed to get him every other weekend for one day like from Saturday to Sunday, that's because she felt like, you know, um, if she didn't, she wouldn't spend any time with him if he if he wasn't there at least one weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, but you live with him every day. Right. You know what I mean? But that's what the court, we went to court and that's what they settled on. I don't know, I, I do fault my man for not really pushing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I do, I do fault him that, you know, but I don't know the relationship with his dad, you know what I mean? I, don't think, I think his dad was pretty much like a financial provider. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I, um, I, I hope and I wish that more fathers will push for more time with their kids because a lot of fathers don't understand that they have just as many rights to their child just like the mom does. Yeah, a lot of men don't push that and I think the only person that, you know, feels the brunt of that is their kid because you know they grow up and then they become an adult and be like oh you let somebody tell you not to have a relationship with me basically and uh you don't get that time back so um yeah. i don't yeah. know <laughs> uh that push has to be um done and a lot of mothers you know even if they have a kid they don't make them a mother so a lot of mothers have a kid and don't mother, and then that father is like the father and the mother. But those fathers don't take the time to be like, you know what, I gotta do what the mom has to do, and I have to do what a father has to do. They just do it. And a lot of that goes unsaid. So people fill up that hole of, well, ain't nobody said that they doing X, Y, and Z, so I'ma just assume that black men not doing it. I have a few brothers that are like on some mother and father thing and they don't they don't complain about it they just do it yeah like I mean, you know, my girl she worked a lot she gone she she you know she travels too she's gone every other weekend and then when she's in town she's a socialite so she's moving and grooving so you know I take pride and I'm not saying I pick up slack you know what I, mean? I want to say it like that but I take pride in like going above and beyond 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think a lot of guys do. Like I said, I don't know no, no cats who only take care of their kids. I just don't. I ain't even around them. Like that. That's it. Um, can you share a fatherly gem that you learned through experience that can possibly help a new dad? Man, it's the best thing I can say is that be prepared for anything and be willing to adjust. Be willing to adapt. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be more than what you ever imagined, but be open to the challenge. Yeah. And that's the best thing I can say is just be willing to be. Because it is going to, you know, especially for dealing with your kids' moms and all that. Like, having kids, like, you know, it puts women in a really vulnerable, emotional, like, it'd be a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be a lot, like, you have a newborn kid and you have a woman that's kind of, like, not herself chemically imbalanced at the moment. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Possibly be like that for a year or two. You know what I'm saying? It don't, it don't just come right back. You know what I mean? But be willing to accept it. Like, yo, just take it. You're going to, yo, just know you're going to get the short end of the stick, but that's just, it is what it is. But be comfortable with getting the short end of the stick. They don't like Have y'all found y'all balancing it now? With, like, spending time with each other? Oh, me and my girl the kids. You and your girl. The one thing that allows us to kind of do stuff is that neither one of us really work. I mean, we work, we have our own businesses. So, what people consider doing or going out is like a Tuesday for us. Like, we will just be like, all right, we all going to dinner this Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't gonna be. You know, so we don't really plan stuff, but because, like I say, we both have our own things, we could. Do th- we do a lot of things on the fly. Like, we'll randomly just go out of town. You know what I'm saying? But, I, feel, but I, I ain't gonna lie, we still are working on our relationship. It's a difficult thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we were friends for a long time, and then bam, they had kids. Like, we never really learned to have a real relationship. So, you yeah. learn to do that in the middle of having kids is a challenge. But, like I say, be willing to to take the short end of the stick and yeah. be, be comfortable with that. That's the best advice I can take, say anything. But me being willing to take the short end of the stick and being comfortable with that has allowed it to just to, to work out thus far. You know so I don't want to work out forever like that, but you know, at yeah. this point in life, I know my responsibility to these little girls. I know my value of being in their life every day, what that really does. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it does get easier when they get older. I, I can say that. So, um, that's something I look forward to. <laughs> um, how do you want your kids oh, to remember right you? Now, these girls run around here crazy. Listen. Yeah. I know. How do you want your kids to remember you? That they got took care of them. <laughs> mm. That he was a real dad. He didn't. They didn't have to go calling and looking for them. Mm-hmm. He, he he showed up when he you know. 
like I want to have that connection enough to I know I need to show for my girl before they even call. To know that we invested that in in sync with each other. You know what I'm saying? I honestly think we are. Even though they are two different versions of their mom, they're definitely their mom. But we have a different connection. It's so hard to explain. Like we're not the same. We we have a we have a, a different emotional love connection. We I think we love the same. Uh-huh. You know, my kids might speak the same love language. I guess. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. I don't even know. How to, you know, that's the best language. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, that's gonna help. That's gonna help y'all relationship as the girls grow. Where when they come to you, when y'all share like that silence. Y'all gotta know like what's going on with each other. And uh that's something that you need to have, especially when you have like teenage girls, because they gotta have a lot that they feel yeah. like they don't wanna talk to you about, but you gotta know when something's up. So um that's good that you picking up on but that. I wanna see right now I'm trying to set that precedent to where just lay the foundation for just to be that open. Like we're I'm I ain't the one to be hiding nothing from my kids. Like, I want to be very open and upfront about things. Like, I was raised like that. My parents ain't said nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? They might have said it a little bit different, but you know, they, you know what I'm saying? They pretty much gave it to me head on. Yeah. But I want to, yeah, I don't, I don't want them to fear me. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I don't want them to ever feel intimidated by me. That's why I try not to, like, I mean, I do like, you know, put my foot down and stand up and be their dad. Like, hey, you're not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. But I try to be as gentle as possible with them and just listen to them and be as understanding and just like flexible with them. Mm-hmm. Like today, we, um, so since they're not at school right now, the na- our, our actual nanny was actually one of the teachers from their school mm-hmm. who I work with. But so what we got her doing right now is that she comes in for three hours a day and does like schoolwork with them. She was a teacher from the two-year-old class. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when they went to the three-year-old class, uh, she became our nanny. But she still worked at the school. So when they got off at, at four, she just came to our house with the kids for like a couple hours. That's so good. Now, um, yeah, so now we got the so we got her coming for three hours a day in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And um, what was my point in saying it? Forget. <laughs> yes, baby. You were saying like how you're um, hands-on and um, you know, you just get the opportunity to, you know, allow the girls to uh, have that idea. Can you get the rainbow for me, Daddy? What do you want me to get? Um, the rainbows. You had enough fruit snacks. Oh, you, you had two rainbow fruit snacks already. You know what I mean? Your mommy's coming with some real food. <laughs> see? You see that? Oh, so what I was saying, oh, so today when I came in, the uh, it was upset the nanny had to leave. They love Miss Alicia. Mm-hmm. And so they were talking about they wanted, who's he wanted? A big Rapunzel or something? They wanted to go to Walmart. I'm like, how do you even know what Walmart is? Like, yeah. is that Walmart? They want that big, is that, is that who you wanted? The big Rapunzel? Well, anyway, though, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't feel like going to Walmart. We can go to Target. You know what I'm saying? And we ended up getting two JoJo Siwa dolls. So that's another thing about about you guys is you gotta buy two of everything. Two of them. $50. Them joints was $24.99 a piece. 50 ball. Quick 50 ball. 
Wow. And you know I had to get toilet paper since I was already in Target. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Walked out of Target, 111. That was my mm-hmm. total. Man. <laughs> um, shoot. What was my another question? I had a... Uh, So this is what they do. They just climb on me. Yo, only reason they even wasn't bothering me because my buddy had this girl, his uh, his daughter over here, but they just left. Yeah. Like, this is what they do all day. Like, that's how the, that's how the girls are, but they know like if I'm recording that they need to be in the room and they need to be quiet. But usually, our see, comes out here. No, nah, my kids ain't got no training like that. I don't even know how they even do that. <laughs> I I see. They're gonna always say what they want. They don't even know how to negotiate. It's just what they want, like period. Listen, at least, at least your, your kids don't know about Amazon.com. These girls no, will think of something they want and be like, "Just can you order it? Can you order it?" I'm just like, man, that's not how this works. Yo, like, damn. Hey, but I ain't gonna front though. My kids, they're they're very much loved. But they're not overly spoiled as far as like material things and toys and shit. Like we ain't got no shit ton of toys and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And nothing. Like kids have tablets, but it's not something that they play with every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We really be around here. I like, have one iPad in here, and they only get it like I want to say two times a week, and they have to share it. And then the uh, fact that it's a smart TV, they know how to work the TV. They can just talk to it. So they'll just go on YouTube. I just have to make sure yeah, the parental yeah. control is on. So we 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 um uh well I just put it on I got it on Roku so I put it in every room I just put it on like JoJo see a little dance and stuff mm-hmm. like that but so like if they ever get a hold of one of our phones or like my mom she give them her her iPad where where it's wide open they can do whatever I think that's how they be finding out what about these toys and stuff like that because it's not yeah. for me like they ain't touched their tablets and. I don't, a, a, a week. I know Saturday we went out, I put them in my bag just in case they might want to use them. Mm-hmm. And we didn't use them on Saturday. Like, so maybe, yeah, they haven't used their tablets in over a week. But So I, I think it's my mom has them. And she, cause she gets some, she, they only stay with my mom from Saturday to Sunday typically. Mm-hmm. I think going through her iPad and they get free reign on YouTube and YouTube be giving them commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Now, toy videos and the kids playing with toys is already sitting on there. They just have to click it. Yeah. yeah. So they say, let's go to get the big Rapunzel. We had to go to Walmart. I'm like, what? Like, you know, like, they go another one right here. You see this kid? This is a different one. Oh, man. This is the, this is the, fr- this is the friendly one. That was, that was the unfriendly one over here. What you doing? Oh, you pulling up your pants? Where your underwear at? Where's your underwear? Where your panties? You heard that? Cause like they disappeared. I'm like, why do you? Why did you take off your underwear? Oh man. Hmm? How was how was potty training with both of them? Were they both ready or one was ready, one was? No, they both did it at the same time. PPM was cool, easy. They're girls. It wasn't that hard. But that boo-boo and thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, go pee. But she went to poop in the body. She just started doing that. I'm just like, man, I'm so tired of buying pull-up. Yo, 
we stopped by and pull up with the stock because like when they went to the three-year-old class, they ain't changing diapers in there, so we just had to get them panties. Yeah. But they just started duking all over the place, man. It was crazy. Y'all have a carpet or wood floors? We got wood floors and downstairs and carpet upstairs, carpet in their bedrooms. I do have a video of them having a straight boo-boo attack. And oh, no! the room and the carpet, like, I literally just had to, I had to go and just throw everything out. You see this? Uh, yeah, they do this all day. Oh, man. How often do you make it a point to tell them that you love them? Okay. Oh, wait. You see that? He just stole a drink. All right, son, I gotta get this. Y'all gotta. What are you on my man? She ain't home yet. Oh, man. She's supposed to come home with some food for them. Hmm, let me see. Where's mommy? Kylie, Kylie. See, they're asking to see Kylie. <laughs> you, know, you know who Kylie is? Who's that? Callie. Callie's Playhouse. Uh-uh. I don't know. Is that, is that what it is? Kylie. Oh, Kylie. <laughs> well, my girls have the iPad. Them. They call everybody. So they FaceTime my mom, but my, my kids don't know how to do that shit. I have to set it up for them, but I know the moment they figure that out, it's a problem, and it's not it's, a problem. It's a roll call for everybody. I'm just like, man. You know I don't let them, like, the nanny lets them play with her phone and her iPad, and my mama let them play with they stuff, but we, me and their mama, we don't let them play with our phones or iPad. Like, that ain't no thing in our household. They, that, other people do it, but we don't do that over here. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even start to have it when we, we playing with my phone. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, they never on my phone, but my iPad... On iPad, you can't delete the history because once it's connected to the iCloud, it refills back in with what's the list that was up next from that last year and that last year. So I'm just like, man, the only way I could block it is if I turn off the Wi-Fi. What in the world? Anyway, actually, Mama, let me help in with these groceries. She is outside. All right. Well, thank you for sharing and um call me again. We can do this over and over. Uh, yes. And, and uh happy Father's Day. <laughs> happy Father's Day. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh God, you see this? They're squeezing the Capri Sun into a cup. You see this? Oh no. Good luck. Oh, God. And Bye. they look themselves, you know? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please follow us. Follow us as in me. <laughs> at Cozy Womb Pod on Twitter. Please follow the Facebook page at Cozy Womb Podcast. I need some feedback about these episodes. Um, I've been doing episodes since 2018. I want to say March. And um, I feel like in 2018 it was a lot more feedback that I was getting from the episodes and now I'm kind of really wondering like 
what do parents or soon-to-be parents or listeners um, need from like other parents or what do you want to know or um, what are you mostly uh, curious about um, that you would like to be talked about um, that's not talked about enough and uh, if I can if I have an experience with it I would love to share it I'm really curious on what it is what is it that I haven't shared or I haven't done an episode I feel like I've touched basis on most things the only thing that I haven't touched base on um, purposely is um, women who have had miscarriages because I've never experienced that. Um, And I don't like to do episodes on things I haven't experienced because I don't know what that's like. But um, if you guys would want to share any feedback, please um, check out the Cozy Woman Podcast Facebook page and uh, the Twitter. DM me on IG at Cozy Woman Pod. Uh, I answer my DMs frequently. Um, If there's any podcasters out there or anyone that's interested in any type of um, branding of their, you know, product, uh, I don't mind adding it into the show if that's something you're interested in. Just please email me at CozyWombMama at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Would love your feedback. If this is a show that you're interested in, please subscribe. And please leave a review on Apple Podcasts app. Thank you. Bye. 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 You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.